Shabbat Shalom, everyone. You may be seated. Like our parasha teaches us, this week, one of our core responsibilities in life is to always be honest. So I will confess with all of you today that the words I'm about to utter come from my lips and are endorsed by my heart, but were really crafted and encouraged and infused by the brilliance of my wife, Dory. I, um, like many men I see in the audience today, I was blessed to overmarry. I married someone much uh, more attractive than I, much smarter than I, uh, much more articulate than I. And we had a great experience where we got to actually get away from our kids for 48 hours, just the two of us, to remind us why we fell in love in the first place. And we did what married couples do. We went out to a movie. (laughs) And we saw a fantastic movie together. The movie was called The King's Speech. Anyone here see it? Raise your hand high and proud if you saw it. Okay, if you didn't see it, go see it. It's well worth whatever a movie costs these days. You'll definitely be entertained. The other thing we got to do after the movie, which we never get to do, is go out for coffee and talk about it. Normally we're running home to relieve a babysitter and then dealing with some other issue at home. But we got to really talk about the movie. I'll tell you that... Learning about this issue, not only the incredible acting, but learning about the issue as it evolved in the movie through Dory's lens and what she does for a living was really empowering to me. And it really shined a light for me on a whole world that so often is dark and ununderstandable. So allow me to explain for just a minute. The movie tells the real life story of King George VI who struggled with a very significant stammer, a speech impediment. He wrestled with this because what happened was he was forced to rise to the throne because his older brother was engaged in some issues of infidelity and was forced to step down from the throne. And in George stepping up to the throne, he then realized that one of his responsibilities was going to be to communicate with his people. The world was on the precipice of war with Nazi Germany. And how was he going to communicate every day with everything going on in war, with the encouragement that a nation needs when he suffered so terribly from this speech impediment and from this stammer? Dory pointed out to me that it was no surprise whatsoever that... Britain's royalty suffered from learning challenges and from things that made them different, both emotionally and physically. You know, words like ADHD and dyslexia, Asperger's, Ritalin, IEPs, we are all very comfortable with these words today in 2011. But if we jog our memories back 20, 30 years ago, we didn't know what these words are. We didn't know about these drugs. We didn't know about issues of attention deficit or Asperger's syndrome, we just qualified people as different. 
And sometimes teachers put them in a different part of the classroom or they went to a different kind of school. But we never address these issues with any level of sensitivity. But what Dory pointed out so poignantly after we saw the movie and she caught on to immediately was these issues existed long before there were labels and diagnoses. We have become a people who have labels and diagnoses and medications for issues. But the issues existed long ago. So, of course, I chimed in from my perspective. Not only did they exist in the time of World War II and in England with its royalty, but jog back your dial to our Bible. Think about Moses. When Moses is chosen as the spokesperson, as the person to lead the people out of Israel, what does he say to God? I have uncircumcised lips. It means he suffered from a major speech impediment. He was a horrible communicator. He couldn't connect one to the next. So what does God do in that case? What does God make happen? He doesn't magically make a miracle like the parting of the sea or turning uh, a staff into a snake and back into a staff or making a bush continue to burn without being consumed. No miracle happens to cure Moses from a speech impediment. He compensates. He takes his brother Aaron, he puts him by his side, and he works as his spokesperson. And through that compensation, what we realize happened between the relationship that they built, that begins in the Parsha of Shemot and the book that we're reading today, what happens is Moses becomes one of the most effective CEOs in history. Think about what Moses does. He demands the release of the Israelite people. He leads them across the sea into a journey, a journey to the promised land. He delegates all of the responsibilities of all of the governance upon different leaders within the tribes. These are things that would make most CEOs very envious today, something they'd want on their resume. Moses did it all with the speech challenge. In King George's case, he was blessed to encounter a man by the name of Logue, and Logue turns out to be his speech therapist, someone who helps him with elocution. And he helps him work through his challenge in never becoming perfect, but to realizing where he's challenged and to making it better. What Dory pointed out to me was there were three elements of the king's life that really struck her that model the work that she does in her organization called Matan and model the work that most special needs education does today. So I'm going to list the three for you. One, King George had unconditional support from his family. His wife, his children, his mother, his brother all loved him and supported him and no one made him feel like the other. Secondly, George was able to find help. Through his relationship with Logue, he found someone who he could have chemistry with. Someone who was adept, someone who was smart, and someone who he could connect with to make him stronger and better as a speaker. And thirdly, he was willing to accept his imperfections, but he never compromised on his determination. These are the very core principles that organizations like Matan, where Dory works, and organizations that focus their lives on the issues of special need keep at their core. They make sure that parents 
and teachers and siblings and clergy all embrace the different learner that's in our midst. That they don't treat them as the other. That they celebrate all that they bring to the table and love them unconditionally. The second thing that we do in the world of special education is we take qualified and compassionate teachers, we sensitize them, and we sensitize them to different learning styles. We make sure that they create unique curricula. We make sure that they develop unbreakable bonds with kids and that they meet parental needs and children's needs together. And lastly, and perhaps most importantly, Dory gave me a great line, and the line was as follows. That we teach kids to focus on their abilities instead of being inhibited by their disabilities. To focus on their abilities as opposed to being inhibited by their disabilities. And in doing so, we help each and every child, each and every learner, regardless of how they come to the equation, achieve and succeed. The world of Jewish education is relatively new. By that I mean the day school movement is all of 70, 60 years old. The idea of the yeshiva that isn't the cheder day school, that kids go and learn Talmud and history and also learn math and also learn social studies, this is a relatively modern phenomenon. And by modern I say within the last 75 years. And today in modernity one of our responsibilities is to realize that kids who are coming to our religious school, kids that are coming to Jewish day schools, whether it be Orthodox, community day schools, or conservative day schools, that some of these kids are different kinds of learners. Some of them learn in a typical way or a traditional fashion. Some of them can pick up a book and read and comprehend. Some of them suffer from dyslexia and see the words backwards. Some of them suffer from attention deficit disorder and can't focus for very long. Some of them suffer from comprehension issues and have trouble gaining all of the material in the book. Some of them suffer from social anxieties where they can take a book and understand it perfectly but have trouble interacting with another. And what our responsibility is in the Jewish world is to make sure that those three core components are incorporated into Jewish education, whether it be secular, whether it be in the after school, or whether it be in the day school that we sensitize clergy and teachers and give unconditional love to the different learner, that we make sure that we develop unique curricula that addresses every child, and that we make sure that we focus on their abilities versus their inabilities. Because a Jewish child's education is something that can never be compromised based on what an individual need is about. What would our history be? If Moses were told, you can't lead the people out to the promised land, you have a speech impediment. It won't work for you. What would have happened to England during World War II if King George hadn't worked with his abilities to overcome his disabilities? What would our future have been? Whether the story is told by King Solomon or by Steven Spielberg, whether it's told on the pulpit or in the big stream, whether you're a leader of a religion or you're a leader of a nation, whether you're Jewish or whether you're not Jewish, every single person has the right to learn. And our job is to ensure that every person does just that, learns. And if that necessitates moving obstacles or changing curriculum or building bridges, 
then we all better be prepared in our religious schools and in our day schools to do just that. Because I would say that our tradition teaches and perhaps even demands that we provide opportunities to learn math, social studies, science, Hebrew, bar mitzvah, and Jewish history for all people at all times. With the proper support, with determination, and with belief, individuals with special needs will surpass our expectations. The question is, can we surpass theirs? As Dory told me, this is the time of year when we think about movies. The Golden Globes just finished. The Oscars are on the horizon. It's also the time of year dedicated to Jewish Disabilities Awareness Month. And from her perspective and from mine too, the King's speech gets two thumbs up. Not only for being a great movie with a great lesson and great acting and great entertainment, but for reminding each and every one of us that learning is not only for the typical or for the elite, but for anyone who wants it. In life, we all are given many, many blessings. Our job is to realize them and to help others achieve blessings. I've always said that I'm never more proud in my life than when I am called Dory's husband. And she has continues to teach me so many things from so many different perspectives. The other pride that I share today is that our congregation is a congregation that has fully subscribed to provide Jewish education in our religious school to children who learn differently. We have taken the first steps and we will continue to take those steps because as we realize that we have labels for conditions that always existed, our role is to make sure that every Jew and every person and every heart and soul continues to be touched, continues to be given the opportunity to learn and the way that works best for them. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. We continue our service to Chatzik Kaddish, page 155.